Scott and Paul Show, episode 30. I have finally watched Civil War. But what's even worse is the way that we are getting screwed over at New York Comic Con. No, something even worse than that is that San Diego Comic Con. They're raping our childhood with exclusives. And Scott was the one to find out about it. All this and more. Scott and Paul Show. Scott and Paul show episode 30 Scott what happened to our childhood it's up for sale and it's exclusively at San Diego comic-con it's a fucking carrot on a stick <laughs> but I can't I can't I can't avoid this stuff man NECA is whoever the genius at NECA is that's coming up with all these ideas of these retro figures for all of us 30 somethings I mean, they, they, the big announcement is they're releasing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles line of NECA toys that are done in the Ninja Turtle arcade game art style. And they've had a lot of retro-themed figures. They've had Robocop, Alien, uh, Freddy, Jason, who I believe was a previous exclusive at Comic-Con. And they have the Contra figures, which look amazing, coming out uh, sometime this year. So they've they've really hit the freaking nostalgia nerve hard, but as much as I love all those properties, Ninja Turtles kind of stands at the top of the heap for mass appeal, <laughs> and they're going to be the hardest figures to get. <laughs> that is fucking ridiculous because they are in fact exclusives at San Diego Comic Con. So either you spend a bunch of money on tickets and planes, or if you're lucky enough to live close by, you still spend money on tickets and getting in. Um, or you can pay outrageous prices on eBay, uh, for the next few years. So they look excellent. They have foot soldiers, they have shredder and they have the four turtles. I, it's, I would Google it listeners. I would definitely Google it. Then you can drool and be pissy pants about first world problems like I am right now. But damn, I want these figures. We'll post it on our, um, on our Twitter, but uh they're 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 very nice looking yeah i have the robocop surprisingly i don't have the alien but uh that'll that'll change eventually same godzilla i don't know if i mentioned him he was another one um it's a good line of figures and there's a batman forgot about him he's purple so screw you naka yeah, quit getting my money if you don't keep quit with this shit. First Jason, which is pretty big in my 
youth, and now the Ninja Turtles of all things. How dare you? Yeah, yeah. This is this is difficult. It's a total ripoff. And Ninja Turtles, their price is going to blow up. It's going to be insane. You wait and see what kind of freaking scalping is going on with the Turtles. Well, what else has been ruined? Well. Superman movies, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scott, you like racing games? Yeah. Love racing games. Well, Gran Turismo looks good. Has always looked good. And according to The Verge, they have uh, Gran Turismo Sport is coming to PlayStation 4 this November. Normally, we're waiting about, what, eight years for a Gran Turismo game? And um, Last one was, what, 2013? Something like that? Yeah. This is the uh, first Gran Turismo title made for the PlayStation 4 and the first overall since... 2013 Gran Turismo 6, and it'll also be compatible with PlayStation VR. It looks really, really good. Yeah, I'm a fan of the series, but I'm not like a hardcore fan. I, it's, I'm, I mean, if I have to play a racing game, I much prefer arcade style. Um, cruising, can, cruising USA, yeah, yeah. I can play, I can play the simulation type games, you know. If I were to buy, like, the last two Gran Turismo's I bought, I might play them for three or four weeks, and then I got to step away for a while. And then I'll come back and play them for three or four weeks and step away for a while. Sim games, I find them fun, just not anywhere near as fun as the arcade-style games. Uh, it looks really good. Racing games look fucking sweet. But once you have to get to that point in the game where you have to fine-tune your car and pick the right axles and all that bullshit, I'm out. I mean, if you had a cheat mode where all you had to do is hire the right mechanic, I'm fine. But when you have to find and adjust everything yourself and buy the right nuts and bolts and all that bullshit, I'm out. I'm not a fucking you know, car junkie. I know... I mean, I, I, don't like, I used to be. I know, like... Four fucking cars. Batmobile, the Black Beauty, and, and, the, and the fucking uh, uh, General Lee. That's it. That's all I know. Yeah. I mean, I, I really enjoy the games. The thing that always broke me about, like, Gran Turismo games is um, you buy, like, and I'm trying to think back to A-Spec, and I might be wrong, but it's been a long time since I played it. Um, you had to, when you bought your, like, performance packages, I couldn't pick like what roller rockers I wanted to put in, what camshafts I want to put in, what pistons, you know, I couldn't change the stroke of the vehicle. I couldn't modify all these things, whether I want to go carbureted or, you know, um, fuel injected, you know, all these things that I want to change. If you want to make it a sim junkie game, let's make it a sim junkie game. And that I could get into a lot more where I could really fine tune the real performance of the vehicle. Um, that was something that always bothered me about the games. And the other thing was like your appearance modifications. Like the, does that series even have those? I don't even remember. I know some of the need for speeds would turn on a sim game. Um, Sega GT for Dreamcast did. 
Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I don't think there was a whole lot you could do. I'll have to whip Ace back out and try it again. But there's just it's not involved enough in the racing for me. I mean, I want to change out. You know, if I have a vehicle that doesn't come with strut tower braces stock, can I add them or subframe connectors to stabilize my vehicle, increase um, handling, things like that? You know, your muscle cars. You know, this is a big sim game. If I push the brake and I push the gas, that car ought to be like destroying the freaking pavement uh, or melting the tires. Uh, can you power brake in Gran Turismo? I don't even remember. So I need to get refreshed with the series, clearly. But I remember things like that really bothered me in the PS2 days, uh, Xbox days when I was still heavy in the cars. So just just make it like it's supposed to be and let's roll. But this is probably a purchase for me. Uh, not day one, a few months down the road. Well, after you get your PlayStation VR, right? Yeah, that that's what. Oh, the photo mode though. Okay, the photo mode it takes a high resolution photo of you know these landscapes and landmarks, and then you can put the model of the car in to the photo, which you know does what they do. But then you can adjust, zoom, twist, spin, turn, rotate, change the lighting, all these different things. Um, with the car, so it looks like a really neat photo mode. Uh, is it something I'm going to play for more than 30 minutes? Probably not, but still really cool. You know, there'll be a bunch of car junkies out there uh, trying to make like custom wallpapers and stuff like that. Which I mean, that's cool if that's what they like. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool feature, and it looks really well executed in the video. From Engadget, according to them, Rocket League gets cross-network play for Xbox One and PC. So you're halfway there to getting it on PlayStation 4 and everybody else. So now the, what, 12 million Xbox One guys can now play with the PC guys. Yeah. I The thing is, Rocket League, cross-play... Uh, increasing your player base is not going to hurt. I don't know what the technical limitations are. I wonder if there's going to be an advantage if you have a fast PC. I think you can play at 60 frames per second on PC, and I may only be 30 or so on Xbox. I wonder if it'll make a difference. Probably not. Can you do... It, is the PC version keyboard and mouse? I haven't played it. I'm sure that makes a difference. Control options, PC. All right. Yeah, that makes a difference. Mouse control always is huge. Yeah, it looks like you have mouse and keyboard on Rocket League for PC. That's going to make a difference. So, yeah, it's like playing a first-person shooter. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Quake 3 Arena for... Dreamcast. If you had a control versus somebody that was using the keyboard and mouse, good night. Yeah. If you had a keyboard and mouse and you was playing against somebody that had control, you could definitely tell. Battlefront, same way right now. Yeah. yeah. So get those mouses out, guys. Yeah. Well, talking about getting something out, Scott, get out your retro game of the week.
Well, that would be uh, World of Illusion or Castle of Illusion for Illusion, the un- unannounced <laughs> beta that that we found. Scott has it. Yeah. Well, anyways, whatever you can you can misspeak. Um, the uh, there is a World of Illusion game. The uh, Castle of Illusion game for the Sega Genesis starring Mickey Mouse. Uh, it was a basic platformer that had, you know, a typical 16-bit Disney-style animation like you expect out of uh, Lion King or Aladdin or something like that. Um, pretty clean-looking game. Made decent use of the Sega Sound hardware, which I know Sega Sound hardware. This little tin can microchip. But, uh, you know, this is, this is a game that predated Sonic and, or was it post-Sonic? It was predated Sonic. Uh, Sega Genesis is trying to find its foothold, and you have a Mickey Mouse game is actually good. So it really helped before Sonic came along. The uh, controls, basic... 1990. 1990. Basic generic platforming-type controls. You can jump. You can bounce on stuff. Um... You can get apples to throw at the enemies. Uh, the enemies, they're not particularly hard. It's a pretty short game, but it's just clean, simple fun. Uh, my favorite part about it was towards the end, you got the... Uh, I played the whole game that realized you could jump on certain clouds. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, this game got way easier because I'm thinking, man, this game's awful difficult. And then they have a level with the Queen of Hearts from what's the movie Alice in Wonderland 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 oh, <laughs> Wonderland yeah <laughs> yeah oh, anyways the um, oh you doing you had to find the right path and it, it was it was it was pretty legit it was fun but you go you know you got a flying level you got a mountain level you have the forest level uh, you have the underwater level with the little bubbles and stuff they, I mean there's quite a bit of stage variety but again it's not a very long game uh, a complete copy. Runs around twenty bucks, so I mean it's not super expensive if you're looking for a complete copy. But alternatively, they have a PlayStation Network and Xbox Live uh, digital remake, and it's it plays pretty well and it's very very appealing. It's it's got great aesthetics. The art style is wonderful, and of course you have modern sound. Voice so, acting as well. Yeah, the voice acting's good. Very good, which I haven't completed the new one, but I have beat the original. Um, I had stopped playing the new one because I wanted to beat the original first, and I never went back to the new one. So you have options besides that. If you have PlayStation Plus, you should have a free copy if you've been checking your boxes. Um, but yeah, definitely... Uh, man, I just totally reviewed the wrong game. <laughs> <laughs> I reviewed World of Illusion. Yeah, okay, anyways, this game, this week's retro game of the week. World of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. My bad. Anyways, the, uh, well, World of Illusion doesn't have a remake, so skip that shit and forget this whole segment. <laughs> yeah, go play well, World of uh, Illusion. It's about 20 bucks on eBay. Yeah. A loose copy, probably $9, $10. $10. But Castle Illusion is also a great game. <laughs> It's also got a really good remake. So you know what? This game, this week's retro games of the week, since they're pretty similar, 
Um, World of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Yeah. My only experience with Castle of Illusion is the remake. I have not played the original. Yeah. So, World of Illusion, I'm pretty sure, came out after Sonic. And Land of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse was the sequel, and it was released for the Master System. 1992. Did you play that one? No, I, I never played that. I only played a Master System once when I was a kid, and I think I'm pretty sure I played about five minutes of Double Dragon. Yeah. So, All right. Well, I was hey, by either one, I'm pretty sure that uh, the the uh, consensus is is that Castle is is better than World. The World I had a pretty good time with. Okay. I just looked over at my game shelf and I was like, well, that box says World of Illusion. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Supergirl will be heading over to the CW on Mondays at 8 p.m. And, of course, with that, in December, there's already a crossover event scheduled featuring Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. So if you like a couple of those shows, well... There you go. You get all of them together. So December, you you will get a nice little Christmas gift. So, I mean, is there any, like, plot details? Nope. Nothing. Sweet. Crossover. <laughs> Booyah. Yeah, well, you don't want any spoilers. No, I'm just, I mean, you know, plot details versus spoilers. Well, um, there is I'm sure there's going to be some type of um, Earth 2 bullshit or... Actually, I don't know what Earth um, Supergirl's on. They didn't say. But when he um, met her, she was on a different Earth. Because he was experimenting with how fast he can go. That's how he ended up there. Cool. I'm a... I'm eBaying Castle of Illusion now. I have to fill that hole after my grand failure. That was also on the Master System. Yeah. So. Uh, the Avengers Infinity War. Well, I hope you didn't get attached to that name because those movies will be renamed. Have they released the name? Uh, this has not been updated yet. Those bastards. Um, this is kind of old news. This is May 4th. So we've been meaning to get to this news, but we have not. So um, this is during the press conference of Civil War. This was from Up Rocks, caught up with them. They asked them how they divided, decided to divide the movies. And uh, Joe Russo said... The movies are two very different movies. They were asked if labeling them part one and part two was misleading, and Anthony simply replied, it is misleading, and Joe added, the intention is we will change it. We just haven't come up with the titles yet, but yes, we will change it, and yes, that is the scoop. We will retitle them. So there you go. Well, I wonder what the point in retitling them is going to be. I don't know. 
Wow, the Sega Ages line of games for the Sega Saturn is sweet. If you're from Japan. Yeah. Um, according to this, still on Latino review, things seem to be different than what we originally thought as Michael Keaton actually is still being considered for the role as the main villain in the Spider-Man Homecoming. Let's do this. Michael Thank- Keaton is awesome. Things have been ping-ponging all around behind the scenes of the deal, as at one point Keaton was going to play the villain, but then it was reported that he wasn't, and now we learn that he actually is. But the deal isn't all but sealed. It's just getting closer to being finalized than ever before. So The speculation spans from the actor playing the vulture to Norman Osborn, so nobody fucking knows anything. So that's, he may still play the villain again. But we do know that the Tinkerer will be in the movie as well. You know, I say make him the fucking Punisher. Make him the bad guy. <laughs> he played Batman for Christ's sake. Did you fucking finish the Punisher yet? Not Punisher, but the um, Daredevil? What's that? What's Daredevil? What's TV? You're probably still on episode four. I uh, yeah, I I actually cannot remember the last episode of television I watched that wasn't wrestling. Oh, um, well, um, premiere of Fear of the Walking Dead, very slow and boring. Um, nothing happened. There's my review of well, Fear of the Walking Dead episode one. Oh, there you go. For season two. I've heard that. See episode two or three gets a lot better. Michael Myers is coming home again. There's a new Halloween in the works, and John Carpenter is going to be the executive producer. Well, that's a good thing. Um, is Rob Zombie attached? No. That's also a good thing. I if I didn't even finish that movie. I made it about halfway through. I was like, you know what? I'm sure I can find something more productive to do than watch this piece of shit. Yeah. I'm sorry, Rob Zombie, but it's just not your forte, buddy. And Ron Perlman is campaigning to play Cable in Deadpool 2. Well, let's see. As a huge Ron Perlman fan and a moderate fan of Cable, I'm uh, I'm excited for this. I really like Ron Perlman. It's how old is Ron Perlman at this point? I know well, it doesn't really matter. Fuck, old is Cable? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Perlman is sixty-six. But, I mean, like I'm saying, it doesn't really matter. Like, 66 is the new 40 or something. So. Um, Ron I mean, Perlman. He looks a hell of a lot like Cable. He, he he looks like Cable, yeah. He already looks like Cable. Again, the the guy can act. I mean, he's, he's very solid. He's good. I'm not going to say he's, like, freaking – top dog or anything, but he is, he's pretty good. And 
I've liked him in practically everything I've ever seen him in. So, and um, honestly, he made everybody look kind of, except for Idris Elba, he made everybody else look pretty amateurish in Pacific Rim. So, and you can feel that right out of the role. Yeah. The table just blows shit up. Yeah, all he's going to do is just walk around with a laser rifle and telekinesis powers, destroying shit. And if you're in Deadpool, Deadpool's going to be doing all the action anyway. Cable's just going to say, quit fucking shit up. You're destroying the future. Stephen Lang, Dolph Lundgren, and Ron Perlman express interest in playing Cable. I do not want Dolph Lundgren playing him. Mm, no. He's, he, it's just not going to work. Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah. would be awesome because you can do time cop references and <laughs> Ron Reynolds could just riff on that on the whole movie. Van Damme is cable. <laughs> you know what kind of freaking nerd suicide would happen then? I'm a bigger fan of Van Damme, so I'd be like, do it. <laughs> do it. Ryan Reynolds would have do fun it, Van Damme. You know, I'm just saying, guys, when the aliens invade, you're all going to be thanking Van Damme when it's all said and done. Time cop. Take care of that shit. Yeah, he's going to fuck shit up. If there's an apocalypse, it's going to be Van Damme that saves us all. I promise you. Um, the uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on the Ron Perlman bandwagon, though. I'm, I'm, well, as soon as you said that news earlier, I was like, well, that makes sense. So... Um... Well, I think it's time to talk well, about wrestling. The, the only other news was that we call it Civil War broke billion dollars. Oh yeah, we got to review Civil War. Not till later. Not till later. Okay, I can review Angry Birds. We saw yeah, from two Angry Birds. Uh, I saw Angry Birds. It's, well, it's not high art. <laughs> it's it's entertaining. That's it. Well, it was fun. Nothing special. Okay, do your burn, buy, borrow, rent review on Angry Birds. Rent. Angry Birds is a rent, so them. do not go see it. If you have kids who want Netflix. to see it, it's, it's a decent family. Well, well that's not – wait, a rent is not on Netflix. That's a uh, – would you stream it or would you get it on Apple? Would you pay money for it? I might Redbox it. It's that it's, good. It's good enough to Redbox. Like, so if I was in the store and I was walking by the kiosk and my son was like, hey, I want to watch Angry Birds, I'd be like, all right, we'll grab it. But I definitely want to make sure I took it back the next day. Like I said, it's not high art, better than I expected it to be. Um, not as good as the trailer. I thought the trailer was actually pretty good, but I I knew yeah. better than to be anticipating. It's 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 good. It's just not something that I'm going to go to IMAX and spend a bunch of money on. Okay. So if you have kids, take them to go see the damn thing. If you don't, wait till it comes out on freaking DVD or Blu-ray or whatever the hell we're going to be watching movies on. Okay. So so it's it's a six out of ten. It's it's good enough to yeah to get on iTunes for tonight, but 
not so bad that you just have to wait till it's on Netflix. No, no, definitely not. It's not anything I I wouldn't pay fifteen dollars or twenty dollars for the DVD or digital copy either. I mean, just rent the damn thing somewhere. You pay the six bucks to get it on. Yeah. All right. Again, unless you have kids, take your kids to go see it. All right. Because I did laugh. Okay, so we got um. Now, we are. It's been what three weeks since Civil War has been out. Yes. So we're going to do the same thing we did with Batman versus Superman. Um, after the show's off, we will do our spoiler discussion. So when the show's over with, we'll play the music, then we'll have our discussion. So you will have plenty of chance to hit next for your next podcast. So it will be your fault if you get spoiled. So that's fair to everybody. Unless, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Unlike those fuckers who are screwing us on the Ninja Turtles. NECA? Yeah, yes. I'm sorry with that, man. All right. I mean, that's one of the worst first world problems I've ever heard of, honestly. Okay. On to... NWA. If I load up the correct, here we go. Notes. NWA, May twenty fourth, nineteen eighty six. I do like how the fact that it actually lines up that we're watching it on the actual day now. <laughs> Dusty and the Road Warriors beat the Russians in the cage match to win the. Six-man tag team trophy. Dusty always likes to put himself over, does. Oh, oh, we forgot news. We forgot news. We forgot news. Yeah, this is big news. Watch this fucking name. Stardust left, put in his release. They haven't let him go yet, but he said, fuck you, I'm done. You fuckers won't let give, give me a push. Yeah, he wrote a pretty big letter describing, detailing why... He's um, dropping out. Yeah. And he's very clearly displeased with the creative direction, the lack of a world title run, and he doesn't really like the Stardust character. Yeah. He wanted to go back to Dusty. I mean, Dustin. I mean, fuck Cody. He wants to be Cody. Cody. Yeah. And uh, I could freaking work. I'll say that. I uh, again, I'm if I, I probably watched what maybe ten of his matches in the last year. He is very freaking good. I enjoy watching, and it's all Vince basically. He's one of the new faces that I can actually stand to watch. I, I really don't get into the new guys very much at all. And he, like you said, I will be right there at the gorilla position. On a pay per view, and then they're telling me my fucking match is canceled. You know what? Go fuck yourself. Seriously. So, you being the much more educated modern WWE guy, does he deserve a title run? Maybe not world title, but I would at least give him the IC or. U.S. title because, my God, they gave the fucking Miz the IC title. 
They gave fucking Zack Ryder the IC title. At least give him the fucking run for it with the IC title again. At least give him a good six-month run with it. Get the got the ball and let him run. Not to lose. Nothing. You gave the fucking Miz the belt. Yeah, I don't like the Miz. He's a hell of a lot better worker than the Miz. Miz is like, to me, a modern-day Ron Garvin. (laughs) He gets on the TV and I'm like, "Ah, I'm done. I mean, last night, last night at the pay-per-view, you had a four-way match. You had three great workers. Yeah. And then you had the fucking Miz. I was like, what the fuck? You had Owens, you had Cesaro, you had Sami Zayn, and then you had the fucking Miz. It's like you can have a fucking five star match, and then as soon as the Miz is in there, you fucking lose a point automatically. I was like, what the fuck? You. Throw yeah, Cody it would have been a hell of a lot fucking better. So why the hell would you not give him a run? The guy will never have a chance to be champion if you don't fucking use him. No. Give I him mean, a chance. He, I, he definitely gave the Stardust character 110%. I mean, he didn't like it, but you couldn't tell. I mean, when he went out there and he was playing Stardust, dude, he was freaking legit. So. Oh, yeah. I fucking loved him with Stardust. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah, he was, he was good. And when he did it with, um, he would go to Comic Cons and shit like that, him and Stephen Amell, he's fucking tremendous. You know, the thing I didn't, I didn't ever consider was I never thought that WWE forced the gimmick on him. It just never occurred to me. I just... I didn't really think negatively that he was doing it. It just never, I never thought, hey, that he even want to be this character that's a lot like Goldust. I think. Well, in appearance. I mean, they're two distinctly different personalities in character, but yeah. initial aesthetic is cut from the same cloth. I think probably after his dad died, he was like, okay, well, I want to go back to the roads. Yeah. What's my legacy? Yeah. Is my legacy doing a gimmick that superficially looks exactly like my brother's? I mean, they even wear gloves, both of them, right? Yeah. They, yeah. He's even with the gloves. So, I mean, yeah, he doesn't, you know. Yeah, I want to go back and honor my father. and I want There's to- so much talent that's called out the creative side of WWE. At what point is it just talent being pissy versus, you know, there's a common denominator here. Ryback was being pissy, but this is look. Just give me the ball and let me run with it. And Vince is like, "Nope, I'm fucking Vince McMahon. Do what I want." Yeah, but he's the boss. He can do whatever whatever he wants. But uh. I like how in the letter he talked. He he thanked um, Triple H. Yeah. But he never said anything about Vince. <laughs> that said a lot. Yeah. That said a lot of who he had the real issue with. Yeah. Well, I'm like not- Vince says, the doors are rarely closed. Yeah. 
If he thinks he can make a nickel off your back, by God, he'll bring you back. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, the, the whole thing was, it was, according to the other report, it was like, it was more Vince who would not let him be. That's the way I took it. Like, head honcho was making a decision. And honestly, I think Goldust never got a world title. So, no. I think, I mean, think about how the landscape of America was when the Goldust character debuted. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the hate. I thought they hated Johnny B. Bad because he wore lipstick. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Holy they, cow. They gave the fucking Miz the world title. Think about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Goldust is He's a 50 times the wrestler, performer, mic guy that the Miz ever will be. Miz uh, is, a, is, is a good, he's good on the mic. Is yeah, yeah, he's, he's good on the mic, but he's, he's a know, man. Goldust is legit on the mic too, dude. He can make you just want to freaking, I don't know. Well, he used to be, now he's just. I'm thinking he's, like 90. Yeah, back I'm thinking in the 90s. 90s Goldust. You got to think of what my perception is. When I think back in the 90s he was. Now he's not. Now he's just, he's watered down. He's one of the old hats. Yeah. Yeah. Mid-90s. Mid-90s. It would not have been a bad decision, I think, to give him the title. He was the androgynist heat magnet. Oh, man. I mean, when the... Conservative America. Yeah, when his music started, people wanted to freaking burn the place. I hated his guts. (laughs) I didn't like... I have different views now, but I was a teenager, and that androgynous shit... You know, it intimidated me. I was like, this is creepy. I don't like it. You know, and and now just, later, I'm like, he was one of the best angles I've ever seen. Oh, him oh, and my him and uh, Scott Hall was fucking awesome. Him and Razor. Yeah, yeah, they were good. So he kept like he kept him and Razor. He kept wanting to fuck Razor. Oh, dude, I'd have to, I'd have to like, I don't even look at my television when he was on He had there. that razor heart, razor on, on his chest. Yeah. Look, and razor wouldn't beat the shit out of him for it. But I mean, you know, a Bret Hart, gold dust. And then uh, you had a... Shawn Michaels gold dust. I mean, you want to play that razor angle, put it on Shawn Michaels. Mm. That's a good one. I mean, there were some good rivalries they could have really had out of that. Yeah. Um, and then Roddy Piper and, and uh, Goldust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of stuff. I mean, there was there was a lot of potential there. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you have, you know, a lot of talent in the same organization. And they had a lot of talent in the organization at that time. So, uh, what could have been? I can't believe I'm sitting here saying, man, I really wish Goldust would have had a run. Thinking back to my teenage self. Yeah. They, they dropped the ball. Then they dropped the ball of Cody. I mean, but, you know, you got Roman Reigns because everybody loves Roman Reigns. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah, he's the man. He's so over. He's, he's, he's not a bad guy, Scott. He's not a good guy. He's the guy. If I was him, I'd just start being a transgender something or other, bringing <laughs> heat back, and then – then it'd be then then they would want someone to get in there and smash him and yeah. NW- he, he would generate heat. Yeah. NWA for May twenty fourth, nineteen eighty six. 
Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, and the Road Warriors, who also wear makeup, beat the Russians in the cage match to win the titles of the six-man tag team trophy. Scott, were you surprised that Dusty put himself over? Nope. All right. Neither was I. But I wasn't disappointed either. <laughs> no. Man, the crowd was fucking hot for this. Holy Dude, crap. they were going. They, they were off the chain. They were off the chain. I would have loved to the, have been there for some of these matches. Well, I think I remember watching this episode when um, the second Flair promo, it, the shirt and everything was triggering some area of my brain. I was like, I've seen this before. All right. Flair with a busted lip. That's what's kept bleeding on him. Yeah. <laughs> Cuts a promo. His, his tongue was so sharp. Yeah. <laughs> he cut himself. <laughs> Cuts a promo in a sweet ass suit that costs fifteen hundred dollars, uh, which you can purchase at Michaels in Kansas City, or in today's money three thousand two hundred seventy four dollars and fifty six cents. And he was not happy that the Russians lost the titles, and he uh, mentioned that Hawk has the body of a Greek god and the brains of Jethro Bodine, which I that was one of the best quotes ever. And I was shocked that Ric Flair knew the name of one of Beverly Hillbillies. I uh, I cracked up pretty good when he said that. Yeah, was that was that's a quote of the night for me. No, I don't know. Crockett was pretty good too, but Crockett I'm gonna give it to Flair. Good. I don't know what David's fucking problem was. Uh, was there anything else in that promo that he said? I can you remember anything else after he hits that point? I mean, that just drowns out everything else. Yeah. I'm sure there was. I'm sure he was making fun of um, Ricky Morton and all that. But yeah. regardless, he he led into the um, the Road Warriors uh, twice, but he destroyed Hawk. I mean, yeah, that's he, why I say Hawk's probably in the back. Like, damn, how do I follow that? He's got a hard <laughs> on for Hawk. I know that. Yeah, Stephen Steve Regal versus George South. I marked out when I saw Steve Regal's name on on the marquee. And then I was quickly let down when it was not Lord Stephen Regal. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a bad match. No. For some reason, it wasn't a great AJ, match either. Yeah. It was the match. It wasn't a great match. It was just a match. Uh, yeah. For some reason, J.J. Dillon came out. He was interested in this dude. I guess he thought it was Stephen Regal as well. He was confused. Yeah. Uh, promo. Whoever this poser was, he was merely identifying as Steve Regal. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought he was a baby true. until later on in the night when he got another promo. Uh, promo with Magnum. Guess what? Magnum TA is tired of fucking promos. It's no doubt. Yeah. The, the promos tonight were all over the place. Yeah. Um, they were all good. I mean, that's what I meant to say. Not all over the place. Well... They weren't all good. The very last one um, was not very good. But anyways, Prom- everybody was on their game tonight, promo-wise. Promo with the Russians. Um, Ivan was was talking shit, and he, he kept being cut off by everybody. And then, for some fucking reason, David Crockett interjects to Ivan and says that your man Nikita over there 
All he wants to do is pull off the match. He's overweight. Like, wait, what? Who the fuck is David Crockett to call Nikita Koloff overweight? And what's funny about it is they're talking about one of the angles that they're playing up in the promos. um, Magnum CA mentions it in his promo. He says that Nikita is seeing what it's like to live in America. (laughs) He's becoming Americanized. So, of course, David Crockett's like, he's getting fat. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when you're Americanized, that means you're going to put some weight on. It was it was good, and but David Crockett was on fire. I mean, he was he was like you know you're lazy. I don't know if he said he was lazy, but he called him out for being um, putting the match off, and he's a fatty. Yeah. I was like, holy cow, that was that was legit. And I'm thinking, man, if my ten year old self was watching this, I would think David Crockett was in mortal danger. <laughs> he's just got the kid to call a fat. He's dead. Run. Better don't run. You'll just die tired. And the best part was when he was saying that Nikita Koloff is fucking no soda, and this cab's looking up. He's like, "You son of a bitch." Yeah. Well, <laughs> Ivan went on and on and on, and they're kind of playing up that we kind of respect Magnum's ability angle a little bit. They went back and forth with Magnum's promo too, mm-hmm. but the um, Nikita, I have not been really impressed with his promos at any point, but he kept it short and sweet and nailed it. He's like, you know, don't you worry about Uncle Ivan. You worry about Nikita. And walks off screen. This is just, fuck, that was effective. Yeah. So, I mean, he nailed it right there. Very good. Lead Peak versus Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. First thing that... Nikita. First thing, yeah, first thing that Tony says, you really think that Nikita's overweight? <laughs> David doesn't say shit. Uh, promo of Jimmy Garvin. Basically, Jimmy Garvin told the truth about dropping Wahoo on his head. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, his and his promo was short too, but I mean, he basically he closed it out really strong. I'm gonna take that strap and whip you just like your daddy used to. Boom! Drops the bike, walks off. <laughs> yeah. I was like, who are these people? I mean, they've been good, but they were all great tonight. Yeah. So. I'm going to take that strap. I'm going to bend you over. I'm going to slap you like your dad. Oh, yeah. I remember when he said to bend you over thing. I was like, oh, here we go. He's going to gay bash again, but he didn't yeah. He didn't gay bash again. Um, However, I'm pretty sure that uh, Jimmy's going to lose that strap match. This is this is a night that if you're drinking a lot while you're watching, you're liable to spit it all over yourself. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Cornette. Jim Cornette comes out and – did he? Get, yeah, I got notes here, man. I thought it was Bob Iron versus Nikita. Hold on, seven fourteen Garvin. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped something. Yeah, Bob Owens versus Nikita. Bob Owens versus Nikita. Nikita kills Bob Owens, but Bob Owens has got some serious heat because he's basically like, you know what? I've had enough of this Russian bastard, and he bum rushes Nikita and just unloads on him. At first, you're like, oh, he's gonna get killed, and then he comes out firing again, and then he gets killed. But, I mean, it was yeah. He had some heat because hey, they hate Nikita Koloff. Then Wahoo versus Butch Cooper. Wahoo. Yeah, what they what they think they really chop shit up. Then he had a promo of Tully. Tully didn't speak. No, he never said a word. Yeah. And then the Rock and Roll Express versus the Malkies. Thank God the Malkies didn't die. Again. Yeah. And it was a match. And then you had um, 
Hey, Scott finally got on board and he got on my notes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I skipped like six things. Well, I was using my notes and my <laughs> notes were a little more notable. Mine were basically based on the promos. I didn't really say much about the matches. And then he had a promo with the uh, Road Warriors. Baby Doll came out and hoarded it up with, with the um, Road Warriors. Yeah, you got to kiss the Road Warriors month or day or something. Yeah, um, uh, Dusty declared this month the month of the Road Warrior, so girls have fun. And then um, um, Hawk looked extremely excited, and Animal looked like he was going to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny. He was like, he just out of nowhere, he's like, <laughs> you're like, what are you doing? Uh, and then Hawk's over there flipping his tongue around, and, you know. And then Hawk caught a hell of a promo on Rick. Yes, Flair. he did. Yes, he did. He's like the. Ric Flair, the only reason why you get girls in every city you go to is because there's a shortage of men. Yeah, he he was gay bashing tonight. Well, that wasn't a gay bash. It's just that there wasn't any fucking men in the town you go to. That's why you're the only man there. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. I thought there was something else he said that was kind of gay bashing. No, no, there wasn't any gay bashing. It was just, he was just... Saying that, uh, I mean, I the guy that wears leather dog collar and face paint and has, you know, he's ripped, and I'm just saying he wouldn't look, I mean, he would not have looked out of place in a pride parade. It's kind of like Jimmy Garvin, <laughs> who's doing all the gay bashing. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, Jimmy Garvin still doesn't fit a, a pride parade as well as, <laughs> as well as Hawk, Jimmy Garvin, or Animal for that matter. Jimmy Garvin's a guy who would go to Mardi Gras and call everybody gay, and he's the most flamboyant guy there. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> it would be the greatest thing ever. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Garvin, when he's on, he's on. I love Jimmy Garvin. I don't remember what else that uh, Road Warrior. I need to buy a mixing board so I can actually just play the fucking promos on the show. Yeah. Promo with Cornette was up next. Yeah, this is your promo. I, he closed, literally, and the reason that I said this is one of those nights you'll be spitting up drinks is I was taking a drink of a bottle of water and I ended up spitting it on myself because he was talking about how baby dolls wanting to embarrass him and all this stuff and wrestle him at what's the event? Great American bash. Great American bash. And you know, there is no woman ever going to be the man, yada, yada, yada. And he, and then he was talking about how she was acting and he basically referenced that she's going to get knocked up. And then he said, that ask a pretty good question. What is the gestation period of a bull moose? <laughs> and I, and I spit it out. I spit the water out because I was like, did he just, I mean, he, dude. <laughs> it was great. It was fantastic. So, yeah, this is a night of promos. There were so many memorable quotes. It's like the Princess Bride of wrestling. Mike Samani and Tony Zane versus the Midnight. This typical Midnight Express beat the shit out of the jobbers. Yeah. Uh, Paul Garner and Larry Clark versus the Road Warriors. This was actually a very long Road Warriors jobber match. Yeah, it was long for them. Yeah. An impressive overhead press, as usual, by uh, Hawk. And then, of course, the I'm starting to see where the the reputation of the Road Warriors come, got behind the, state, behind, the, behind the scenes was and when, Hawk, or when Animal does that elbow drop, I literally think the guys just—they have to be internally hemorrhaging. Yeah, I mean it—that it, it just looks so deep. I don't know. I mean, whatever. Ron Garvin versus 
Oh, no. America's Team promo. Yeah. Um, Magnum just stands out there with the belt and this lets Dusty cut a promo because he knows he's not going to get any mic time. So he just lets Dusty go. The best part of that one um, was at the end when Dusty um, mocked Flair and gave a big woo and just stomped off. Well, Dusty was saying something about women being stacked on top of each other. Yeah. I don't know what the hell Dusty was talking about. I don't know where he was going with it. Dusty Rhodes. Yes. We had uh, Ron Garvin versus Scott's favorite prop, Thunderfoot. Dude, I was so pissed off. (laughs) I was so pissed off. But it's pretty bad with Thunderfoot's carrying your match. (laughs) I'm starting to know. Is he calling out instruction? Probably. But and this, Rob Garvin makes up submission holds on the fly. Yeah. He does not know what the fuck he's doing. I thought he was going to do a Texas Clover League for a second. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to hold on to this foot. But and they just kept holding on to the foot. Like two minutes later, he's still holding on to the foot. It's like, Jesus Christ. Something great happened, though. You didn't get a Rob Garvin promo after the match. So That was fantastic. So I'm sorry, Thunderfoot, that you had to lose to that prop. But shit happens. Next match was Flair and Arn versus Rocky Carnotal and Ty Stallion. And this is the best match of the night. Yeah. Once again, Rocky put in all the offense, offense, and they did the one spot in this match that I fucking hate more than anything other than a distraction finish that they do in WWE. It's when they do the hot tag, and the guy comes in, and he gets less than one minute of time in the ring, and he immediately goes out and tags the other guy back in. Good. I'm glad you fucking lost, you idiot. It was uh, Geigle, Geigle. Who? The name of the guy that teamed with Canodal was Geigle. Rocky Canodal and the Italian Stallion. Is it right? Italian Stallion's last name G-E-I-G-E-L? I don't know. I don't know. That's the man was on the fucking screen. That wasn't the Italian stallion. Rocky Cronodal and the Italian stallion. I just think you got the wrong thing on your notes here. No. It was Rocky Cronodal and the Italian stallion. It was the little dude who looks like, wrestles like a young own heart and uh, Italian stallion. I fuck. Never mind. I see where I'm confused here. You You wrote Rocky Grenadal and Italian Stallion. Yeah. Right? Who the fuck's the Italian Stallion again? Italian Stallion is the the Italian Stallion. (laughs) (laughs) I got you, man. I'm getting you. The Italian Stallion. Yeah, he's the um, chubby guy with the curly hair. Yeah, of course I got freaking... You got the wrong notes. I got Stallone porn. <laughs> Italian Stallion WCW jobber. Put that down. WA. Jesus, Gary Sabah. Do you not remember this match? No, I remember this match. It wasn't the Italian fucking Stallion. <laughs> <laughs> It was the Italian fucking stallion. No. Yes. That's it. TLC match, me and you. 
It was Flair and Arn versus. I fucking watched the match today. I did too, like two hours ago. Go back and watch the fucking network. Yes. Keep talking. <laughs> After this match, which was Ric Flair and Arn Anderson versus Rocky Cronodal and the Italian fucking stallion. <laughs> Flair was celebrating his victory that they got over the Italian Stallion. Load up the fucking network. It's on there. Which I'd have to go downstairs to do that. They um celebrating in the ring. And they were challenging the Rock and Roll Express. And of course, being the fucking heels at the yard, Rock and Roll Express came out. And they attacked them from behind. And of course, baby faces being Flair and Arn, started fighting off their opponents. And then, of course, they cut the commercial. We come back from commercial, and guess what? Well, the Rock and Roll Express was laid out in the ring. And he had some baby faces out there taking care of him. But what happened? We don't know. So we're going to roll to video. and well, well, No, 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 no. We can't do that because Paul Jones' army is out there. They say, well, nobody gives a shit about that. We're going to fucking match. So we're going to go and see the Barbarian versus Ron Rossi. And out there doing commentary is, um, did you find the match yet, son? Just the one damn, they've got the entire lineup of the entire series except for one night. You want to guess which night that is? <laughs> May, 20, May 24th, 1986. Are you freaking kidding me? This, this load up the fucking show. No, no. They, they run this motherfucker from the 80s clear into the 90s every damn night. And the one freaking one they don't have the entire match card listed is this one. Network.wwe.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on there, fucker. <laughs> I'm telling you. I will screen cap this motherfucker and put it on our show on the, on the website. Uh, you just, hold on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm heading that way. <laughs> I got this. There'll be a fucking commercial. <laughs> Trust me. So the barbarian beast is shit out of Ron Rossi. The best part right before the match was they were trying to com- plead with um, Saska. Well, we can't have the match right now. We gotta watch the video. And Saska Watley says, "Well, nobody cares about the Rock and Roll Express. Anybody can beat those fools. We got a match." So after that, we have a promo with not Lord Stephen Regal. Well, Steve Regal. Was this five twenty four eighty six? Yeah. One of these wrestling notes match anything. Five twenty four eighty six. Was Manny Fernandez tonight, right? No, I'm confused. At work. WWE.com. Hold on, folks. We well, are going to solve this once and for all. Actually, I can't do this because it won't let me. 
because you can't have two fucking people on here at the same time. Thanks, Vince. Fucker. I'm not on there. I'm reading. Because I'd have to go downstairs to do it because I don't have the sign-in info up here. Uh, continue the show. Where are we at? Uh, we just did Barbarian's Match. Barbarian's Match. Barbarian wins. Flying headbutt. So, um, Steven Regal, not Lord Steven Regal. Your audio is just fucked up. Steven Regal. <laughs> Can you hear me now? It's choppy as fuck. What? Yeah. You're streaming on your shit, aren't you? No. Okay. Anyways, am I still choppy? Yes. Steve Regal. You're still choppy. Fuck it. We'll follow up next week. You take over. <laughs> go ahead. Steve Regal, go ahead with it. Um, unplug your mic and plug back in. Uh, Steve Regal, who is not the lore Stephen Regal, cut his promo. Um, I'm not quite sure what the fuck he was talking about. He he starts off being kind of like a somewhat babyface, and then he quickly turns into a heel by the end of it. So it was an okay promo, I guess. Next, we have Rocky King versus the Baron. And it was your typical Baron match. And, and then we had a promo with Ric Flair and Arn Anderson, which was the best fucking promo of the night. Hopefully, Scott will be back to talk to us. I got a note here. I don't know if it's still choppy or not because I don't have any fucking audio from your side, Scott. No, I I hear nothing. I hear no audio. <laughs> There's no fucking audio at all. Okay, and we're back from technical difficulties. And we are now on the promo with Ric Flair and Art Anderson. Uh, by the way, we found out something. I was fucking right. It was... Not Geigel. It, Bob Geigel is the president of the NWA. It was the Italian fucking stallion, Scott. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, how the hell fuck did I get that in my notes? And I couldn't see it in my mind's eye. I was like, I couldn't. I was like, something's not right, but it must be Paul. What's wrong? Jim Cornette was probably speaking about Bob Geigel when you were. Well, as I was typing, I must have just typed it in there on the phone. Yeah. Now, promo of Ric Flair and Arn Anderson, which was the best promo of the night. I can't wait to have to fucking edit this show. <laughs> I think that part when you say that I was right, that's the new code opening for the show every night. I'm just going to put that on there. Paul's right. Paul's right. But this was the best promo of the night. Um,. This was Crazy Flair, 100%. The, the quote, 
of the night was, when you go to bed with the big boys, you're going to feel some pain in the morning. Yes, that was... That could be taken in so many ways. And Hawk, when you go in there at the 30-minute mark, and you're going... <sighs> and Arn went, jumped in with them, and Tony was back there trying his best not to fucking laugh. And he just had a big smile on his face. I'm just saying, if you watched, if if we were all sit, if we were forced to sit down as America, and every American watch this episode, as soon as this promo was done, the first the 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 top Google search would be Ric Flair cocaine. Yeah. I mean, how can current WWE writers? And current, like, fucking, fucking Vince McMahon, sit there and watch his product and actually think that it's better than this with fucking scripted writing. And Vince will not give Flair the fucking microphone because he's afraid of what he's going to say. It's amazing. Flair yeah. is the best promo man of all time. By far. I mean, Rock's I, great. Austin's great. Rick Dusty, Flair's the master. Dusty's great, but when Flair is on a roll, he's fucking perfect. Hogan's uh, great. Macho's and, I mean, great. Flair didn't really seem like he was insane. He was just... He got insane. the character. The energy was there. It wasn't like the later mid 90s flair it was the this is the guy that's a champion i'm the man yeah to be the man you gotta beat the man but this was cranked up to like level 12 yeah yeah this was was crazy flair this is crazy flair earlier in the night we had i am rick flair i am styling and profiling this is a 1500 suit you can pick one up at michael's if any guys in the audience want to be like me Here's how you do it. And then you had fucking crazy. I just beat the shit out of these guys. I'm going to fuck everybody up. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, the Rock and Roll Express, Bum Rush, Arn Anderson, Ric Flair. And it was awesome because, like, I'm pissed that they cut away because I didn't get to see the big in-ring brawl. But when they cut back, it's like, why would you guys even try to mess with Flair and Arn Anderson? I see, <laughs> I see a bunch of baby faces tent- licking their wounds. And then Ric Flair's are on the side just – going off about how great he is. And then he's, you know, he's telling the Red Warriors, they're gutter trash from the streets of Chicago. You're trash. You're filth. You're, you know, he's just, I mean, he just boom, oh, yeah. drops yeah. the hammer. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it's yeah. the best promo I've seen yet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's as far I mean. as the energy side goes. I mean, you are Chicago, Chicago gutter trash. I am. I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth, yada, yada, yada. I mean, just I am a fluent society, just, oh, my gosh. And you can hear the crowd. I mean, there's been some – he's really been pretty middle of the ground, probably, in my opinion. When I hear the crowd, it sounds like they actually support Flair more often than not. And tonight, they were not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were not his fan. <laughs> like, usually they show the females, and they look like they want to just go – 
climb all over him. And like the one they show the back, she wanted to get punch him in the throat. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. You were born lifting weights. I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. You're a Chicago gutter trash. I am a fluent society. Yeah, you was, you was lifting weights, and I was out whining and dining the women, and he does a little hand curve yeah, motion. And he just... All the curvy women, and you were out. With, yeah. Oh, God damn, I love Ric Flair. Yeah, he was, he was on it. <clears throat> Promo with Jim Cornette. I don't even remember what he said. It wasn't a very good one. He made this... It, he made and Jimmy Valiant wasn't very good either. Um, no, he made this match. No, his match was it was terrible. <laughs> I mean, he's grown on me just a little bit in the last few months, but this is not his night. Um, Jim Cornette basically made this big long drawn out story about how the James Boys or Magnum and Dusty are chickens because all they want to do is stack a deck in their favor at the bunkhouse match. So I took the Midnight Express over to the bunkhouse, and we put all the gear on, played around a little bit, and then, um, oh, shit. Was it Dennis? Dennis Dennis Condry knocked out a bull, and he spent 10 minutes describing how awesome this bull was. It was was a good good effort, don't get me wrong, but it just kind of fell flat because he spent too long setting it up. Um, Killing time. Yeah. You could have had a Magnum TA match. Could have had, like, three of them, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So... But yeah, he, you know he he struck gold the first time, the second time he kind of struck out. So, but, but overall, the promos is this is the best show for promos yet. Yeah, as a whole. All right. Well, that the tag match was actually between Flair and um, Anderson and Italian Geigel Stallion <laughs> and Gargan uh, <laughs> Cardinal was actually a pretty good match. Yeah, I didn't like. I didn't care much for the finish either, like you said about the heat. Quick tag when you get him in trouble, and then boom, it's over. So whatever. Yeah, that's um, and and no run in when Rick Flair's got the figure four and your partner, you just stand there and watch. You know, at least run in and have arm like clothesline your ass or something. So, all right. Yeah, it was still a good match. Okay, so that's it for the show. Now, if you do not want Civil War spoiled, if you haven't watched it yet, as soon as the song's over with, or if you don't like the song, then uh. Do not listen to the rest of the show. Fuck you. Don't hate my art. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Go make your own fucking song. I don't see anybody else doing it. Everybody else just uses copyrighted material. He's like, create my own fucking music. For the rest of you, just keep listening. Because this is your only fucking warning. It is not my fault if we spoil Civil War. All right. So, um, that's it. Goodbye.
All right, Scott. Civil War. Um, I do not like the way they filmed it. Why do you keep doing shaky fucking camera shit? I mean, seriously. This ain't no fucking... I mean, unless you want to have this... Uh, documentary war type effect. That's fine, but... You know, Predator, Die Hard, John McTermott, whatever the fuck's his name was. Zoom the fuck out so I can actually see what the hell I'm looking at. Yeah, it worked to great effect in I mean, those movies. Was, uh, Winter Soldier wasn't filmed like that, was it? Did they have that much shaky cam effect? I've only seen it once. I only saw it once as well, but I don't remember it being that fucking bad. But I did not like the flashback, but um, it wasn't that bad. At least it wasn't. It fit the plot. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't as bad as fucking say, uh, you know, Deadpool. Spoiler. You just inspired me to go to Twitter and tweet. I'm going to find a random action movie director and tweet at him. Die Hard didn't have shaky cam, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who the hell do I need to send this to. Michael Bay. Um, I don't know. He zooms out, but he shakes at the same time. At least he zooms out and shakes. Who else? Who directed this Winter Soldier? Winter Soldier was the Russo brothers. Well, that name just instantly, they're evil. Just for having that Russo name. Yeah. But, um... I will say that having Spider-Man in the films, it does, honestly, now feel like a fucking Marvel film. It, he, they... Spider-Man was excellent. I was shocked when it came on the screen and started. I was like, wow, they really pulled this off. It's amazing how when you actually get Spider-Man done by fucking Marvel, they do it right. I mean, I thought they did him good in the first two Spider-Man films. But they fucking nailed him. Marvel films, they don't have a films. I'm going to use Marvel Studios. Marvel Studios. There it is. I was trying to think here. Studios. Mm, do they have an official Twitter or is this somebody just using their... Disney. <laughs> it's all Disney. No, this is not real. But uh, Anyways, yeah. Um, it's definitely a buy. Captain America was... I'm sorry, they're the cream of the crop for... The movies. Oh, oh yeah, it's a bad. The, the all three of these movies, I think, stand above hmm, the rest of the movies in the Marvel universe, except Captain America. Yeah, Captain America. The F- Guardians is better than the first Captain America, in my opinion. Um. Well, but Captain America. I mean, they're all they're great. Well, all three of them. I I don't know if you can really judge that because it's. They're all a different tone. Captain America is a serious film. Guardians is not a serious film. 
Can you really judge it in the same light? Yeah, pretty much. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's a movie. That's my qualification. It's a movie. It, it's yeah. on celluloid. So I'm, I'm just saying that I like the Guardians movie better than the first Captain America. Okay. Now, if I'm sitting back looking at from an academic kind of viewpoint on filmmaking and genre and stuff like that, I would actually lean towards Captain America. Well, I but I was that. entertained more by Guardians because of the humor. Yeah. Well, but I hate the first Captain America movie. So well, you're fucking weird. So well, no, I, I just hate it. it. It seemed like it was so fucking forced of this period piece, and it's just I hated it. But the second one was my favorite if Marvel movie. I would ask you to kind of quantify all that, but I'm afraid that you would drive me to go shoot myself when you finish. So let's just move on. Well, I mean, it seemed like a forced <laughs> a movie about the it's it period piece forced about the World War II hero. I mean, it, okay. it, it, it seemed fake and hokey. Like saving Saving Private Ryan seemed like a legitimate, realistic. Period piece. Captain I get. America, I get, now I kind of get what you're saying. Yeah, Captain America. It just seemed like. But what had that sci-fi flair? It's well, yeah. No, it just. I don't know. It seems so fucking fake. I don't know. It, it, something seemed off about the whole fucking thing. You mean like when Captain America kicks a guy? No, 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 no. It just. I, I think it was. Oh, I can't explain. It just seemed off. The whole thing seemed off to me. Something in your primal brain wasn't connecting. Yeah, I, I could your, not get. Your maybe spinal was, cord wasn't connecting. Maybe it was when they were doing a lot of the um, montage shit. It just seemed like, God, something is so off about this fucking movie. Saving Private Ryan, I bought. I was like, God, maybe I don't know. I just could not get into it. Cool. Okay. Uh, Maybe there's also still a part of me is like, ah, God, fucking Johnny Storm. Fuck you. I don't know. But by the time Avengers came out, I was like, he was 100% Captain America to me. But the first movie, I could not fucking get into it. Winter Soldier came out, it was my favorite Marvel movie. Now, but see, I Avengers, just, I couldn't. I mean, I loved it, but to me, it was a lot of eye candy. Versus substance, there's there's not as much substance to the Avengers film as I thought there was the first time I saw it. I had to watch it two or three times. I was like, wow, this movie's yeah, but as it's far extremely as, entertaining. But as far as Captain America goes, I was totally into Steve Rogers. Yeah, but the movie itself was like, eh, it's a great ensemble, but it's not the greatest fucking movie I've ever seen. So I mean, it was just Captain America itself was like the movie. But Winter Soldier, it was the best Marvel movie. So I, was just, yeah. I could not get in the first Captain America movie. I don't know what it was. But that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about Civil War. No, you need an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Civil War, man. I, I'm going to have to say it's my favorite Marvel movie. I still it's, like Winter Soldier better. I'd have to watch Winter Soldier again, and I did just watch Civil War a couple weeks back, so I will say tentatively it's my favorite one. One thing 
Which, okay, let's go over all the positives first. Okay. Um, nobody said Martha in the movie to stop. Fighting. Oh my god, don't get me fucking started on that. <laughs> Anyways, they had legitimate uh, reasons oh to fight. Yeah, they had legitimate reasons to fight. Um, one thing I think it was they did pose the question about you know the freedom and everything, and you. Steve Rogers goes the way you expect him to. Um, He's going to err on the side of freedom always. Uh, Whereas the Iron Man in this one, since I'm assuming he's not going to be a super scroll like the, or whatever, a scroll like he was in the comic uh, Civil War, um, they gave him a very, very convincing reason to go the way he went. Because he was an emotional wreck after he's confronted by the mother of a promising young tech marvel that died doing charitable work when the avengers were fighting some bad guys and he's still suffering from pst from he's got the ptsd yeah PTSD. yeah and i think i mean it's i hate to to get too political and i'm not gonna go very far into this but it's kind of like the emotional response to violence. Like even if you're a conservative minded guy um, like me, my initial emotional response to some of these tragedies is like, man, what if we just did take them? What would happen? You know? And then, then my other thoughts processes kick in and I override the emotion. I see where he's going. I understand it, but he's failing to see the danger of being under that much control by the government and them having that much power to basically even to turn the whole world against them. It's like, you're going to do, you're, you're too much of a threat of force. So we're going to use a superior threat of force to make you bend to our will. But he thinks they need to be in check because they did in fact cause some deaths and some mayhem, even though it was unintentional. So I thought that was a very convincing way to have the mother confront Tony Stark. Like it was a punch in the gut. It was powerful. It was very well done. Um, so it made more sense than the initial reading of the Civil War comic, where he's just kind of on board from Jump Street, to, in my opinion. So because he was a scroll. So well, yeah, but we didn't know that till later. Yeah. So like I said at the beginning. Yeah. Very good stuff. Yeah. Very powerful. Um. They introduced characters a lot later, like Ant-Man and so forth. He was good. Ant-Man yeah. was, was funny in a good way. You yeah. um, finally saw him see, become Ant, uh, Giant Man. Yes, I was like, please do it, please do it. And it was, it was pretty awesome. I, I, the one thing I didn't care too much, I mean, I did like the Giant Man thing, but when he... He was so slow when he was moving. I'm like, how is he catching War Machine? And how is he catching Iron Man? It's like he's moving so slow. But you have to kind of think about perspective and scale, too. So I've never seen a giant human walk, so I don't really know what it looks like in real life. He's like a giant troll. (laughs) Yeah, he was like a giant troll. Like, they always slow him down, so I don't know. Um, Because he's got to cover so much more distance with so much more mass. But yeah, it was it was cool. I mean, the effect was awesome, and it was it was actually funny the way it turned out. Um, Black Widow, uh, you know, she she was good. 
She was, I think she was better in this movie than she had been in the majority of the ones she's been in. Yeah. Um, performance wise. Um, they gave her more to do. So, and she was, she went both ways. Um, yeah. Yeah. But she went both ways on what side of the fence she wanted to be on. And, you know, I thought they did very good with that. Tony called her out on it and said with that whole double agent thing. Yeah, he did. Yeah. There was, I mean, the strife between the Avengers, the conflict was, was very believable. Um, Hawkeye felt kind of forced. Well, Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's Jeremy Renner's performance. It's just flat to me. I don't know. It was. I don't think it was his best Hawkeye, even though I still don't think he's really done a very good Hawkeye. I'm just not. I mean, I like Jeremy Renner. I just have not really dug the Hawkeye, the way he's portrayed, the way he's the way he plays him. So, well, he was he was flat out teen cap anyway. Yeah. Good go. Now the writing wise, I. Totally dug him. It's just the portrayal is just not there for me. It hasn't been with Jeremy Renner. I don't know if it's his face or what. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, he kept mentioning his family. And I'm like, I wonder if they're going to play that Ultimates route with his family. I I remember the, the first leaks were that uh, Zemo was going to kill his family off. I kept waiting for that to happen, but I guess it didn't happen. Nope. Because who was it killed him? Killed them in the Ultimates? Was it Bullseye? It might have been. I'm trying to think of who it was, but I remember reading that and I, like I had to put the book down. I was like, really? Did that just happen? Are you freaking serious right now? Yeah, that was a good good book. Anyways, um, the another negative. I guess we're gonna bounce back and forth between negatives and positives. Is some of the humor that was going on during the big battle and they were like basically just stopping and be like, Hey, we're still gonna be friends. Right. I don't know. That, that just felt like the thing I've hated about the Avengers movies is, is it's a freaking cliche machine, not a cliche machine, a one liner machine during these big dramatic moments that never stops having a little bit of levity in there is fine, but they never, it's, it's a, it's a, it's like they're trying to get a quote a second. <laughs> like, right. I, you know, his, his family could be like laying dead in his arms and somebody could come up with a wisecrack. You know what I mean? That's one thing I don't like about um, Joss Whedon projects, period. But this is – who wrote this one? This isn't Joss Whedon. This is somebody else. Uh, Russo Brothers, I think. It's dialed back compared to what it normally is. Well, they set the tone. Yes, so. this was a lot less offensive in that respect with cramming the one-liners in every two seconds. But – it, it it stood out a little bit when we got to the big climactic battle. Um, but yeah, the, the interaction between Black Widow and Hawkeye really turned me off. The fight itself was pretty good. Spider-Man and his enthusiasm, like, you got a robot arm? Oh my gosh, you're so cool. You know, it was like, how'd you get a robot arm? I mean, it was, dude, Spider-Man's legit. That, that's the best <laughs> Spider-Man on screen yet. So. Uh- Joe Newman, Thom Green, and Gus Unger Hamilton. No, wait. That's the soundtrack. Yeah. And I'm nitpicking. Don't get me wrong. I'm nitpicking. I'm splitting hairs here. I mean, and I did – and one thing like halfway through the movie I said to myself was, wow, they have dialed back the number of one-liners. 
which I appreciate. It's, the wisecracks are just, they're overwhelming in the other couple movies, uh, in the two Avengers movies. So, but yeah, the, I mean, the plot, I've heard a lot of people bitching about who the villain is. It's, it's Zemo. And then there were some people saying like, they were, and I don't understand. It's like, did you guys even pay attention in the movie? Like, well, it's just some random. It's the bad guys. Like, no, they take, they, they gave you some exposition that clearly states that he is a highly trained intelligence operative, uh, commando fella. Um, so him being, who happened to have knowledge of this top secret program. So him having, you know, some ability to manipulate these other powerful individuals, it wasn't far fetched because he was highly trained. So yeah, that, I totally bought Zemo hook, line and sinker. I thought he was very effective his motivations weren't the most original thing, but considering the overarching, the overarching theme of the entire movie was, Hey, we need to be put in check because sometimes we can hurt people versus, you know, if we're not there to stop them, who is, um, and what's the cost of being in check? Um, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely wrote it. But that comes back to Zemo. That bites that. That's the groundwork's laid at the beginning. That's Zemo's motivations. His family dies when whatever <clears throat> country they were in, or Eastern Bloc country they were supposed to be in. What was it called? Estonia, Stovia, whatever, yeah. whatever the country was. His family died during that, and he had to dig their bodies out days later, and they were still clutching Zakovia. each other. Yeah, Zakovia. Zakovia. Yeah, Zakovia. It was a very and they didn't show it, um, the, the family. They didn't go to a flashback and show the family clutching each other and their corpses holding on to each other. But the actor that played the role, he delivered that line about how they were positioned, how they were clutching each other, and that they were dead. And it was very effective. That was very good writing, and that was a very good delivery by the actor, which I don't know his name off the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, that, I mean... It was. I thought it was. It had some power to it. So very good movie. One of the best. They, they wrote the life and death of Peter Sellers, the Chronicles of Narnia. You kill me. They were all the Narnia films. Captain America, exactly. Pain and Gain, Thor: The Dark World, The Winter Soldier, Civil War, and they're writing the Avengers: Infinity War Part One and Two. Well, they did. They did a pretty good job. So. <clears throat> so, um, I'm looking up uh, the vision, uh, the vision, and Scarlet Witch. You think they're going to go all the way, so to speak? I say do it. Go for it. Daniel Brühl as Helmut Zemo. Okay. Anyways, uh, guy was awesome. The um, how do you, how do you feel about Scarlet Witch's portrayal? I mean. She's one of, if not the most powerful people in the uh, Marvel Universe. You think they're going to go that route with her? or She seems a little bit underpowered right now. Yeah. Um, are we seeing her starting to crack a little bit? <clears throat> well, she's prone I mean, to do in her stories? Well, I mean, right now, she's kind of the... Uh, She's kind of a freak right now. Nobody likes her, pretty much. 
Yeah, I think she's gonna crack. Um, well, it's not like anybody on the team really gives a fuck about her. No, the and Tony's put her in a cage, basically. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. We're we're seeing the groundwork, I think, for her to turn. So, and I think it's if that's what their plan is, it's it it looks very good so far. Um, the interaction between her and the Vision seemed pretty good. I mean, it. Yeah. I bought it. I bought the chemistry. That's the word I'm looking for. The chemistry was there, um, which I got to give it to the fellow that plays um, Paul. the Vision. Yeah, uh, he, for him to play the character he's playing and to be able to get that chemistry across at the same time, that's that's pretty good. I like Division a lot better this time than I did in Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany, yeah. His sweater was awesome. Yeah, the Division <laughs> in his sweater. Yeah, yeah, and and Scarlet Witch destroys his ass. Yeah. Um. What about the Black Panther? Black Panther, yeah. Got the Chadwick Boseman. Great performance. Did very good. Um, the writing was good. The emotion involved in all of it was good. Uh, he's the Black Panther, plain and simple. Did yeah. a very good job. And the character is very true to the book. Yeah, I finally get to see my fucking Black Panther movie now. Yeah, it's one of my favorite characters. Uh, in the last, one of my favorite characters since the Avengers universe has really taken off. Um, I've always liked Thor, and I've always liked Captain America, but the others I didn't. I mean, I liked them, but they weren't anything that was like, oh yeah. Now, do you think the movie suffered without Thor and Hulk in there? No, but when I think of Civil War, I think of this huge event, and I saw like West Side Story with spandex. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like 15 people fighting back and forth. So I was kind of kind of let down there that there wasn't more superhero action or at least just random special-powered people fighting on either side. But And, I mean, I was a little bit let down on the whole um, fact that they didn't really go with this whole big registration act like the Civil War comic. I mean, it was like registering a gun in Civil War. Um, now it's like... Uh, yeah, you're looking at that oversight, but this is going to make you an outlaw. But so, I mean, a lot of the elements were still there, but it they spent less time talking about, which I'm glad they didn't spend a lot of time talking. Well, the movie's but, long as it is. Yeah, the movie's long as it is. We don't want to fail enough. <clears throat> but, you know, maybe they could have sprinkled a little bit more of what the effect of going, um, what the danger of going Iron Man's route is. So. Well, but maybe I need to watch the movie again too. Well, they if you don't go Iron Man's route, you get thrown in prison. Yeah, exactly. So what they're saying is if you do not comply with the government, you get tossed in jail. So you have no freedoms. That's what right. they're saying. So that's more kind of a um I, that's a hell of a statement. It is a statement, yeah. Especially coming out of Hollywood. Yeah. If you don't do what the government says, then you, you get, your ass goes to jail. That's that's kind of a um, hell of a statement, especially coming from 
uh, New World Order Disney there. That's surprising. Yes. Um, the Control Your Life elitist Hollywood thinking. It yeah. was totally written not that direction. I was I was surprised. So, and especially since they went like Hydra was basically fucking New World Order and, and the Winter Soldier. But, yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. um, the big twist at the end when Zemo killed the other super soldiers, I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what you think I led you here to fight these things and destroy you? No, I made sure there wasn't more like you. I'm like, what the fuck? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he just shot these bitches. I mean, he just just went straight gangster. He's like, oh, you know. I thought it was. I thought I, you know, because that's what I'm thinking. Oh wow, they're going to be this big, huge fight with these crazy Hydra super soldier guys. And nope, he shot them while they're sleeping. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that's what we're gonna have. I thought we we're gonna have all four of them. I thought, well, this will be their moment where they have to reunite to defeat the common whatever, and it wasn't. They yeah. beat the shit out of each other till they literally couldn't stand anymore, and that was how the movie ended. The movie had a dark ending. You yeah. know, it's like when the agent walked in and was mouthing Zemo at the end. Um, he says, "You know, well, your plan failed, yada yada," and Zemo just laughs. He was like, "Did it?" Yeah. No, it didn't. He for now, he has won. Yeah. He may be in prison, um, but he is one. And Black Panther's revelation realization that he was the one responsible for the bombing that killed his father and not Winter Soldier, um that was that was pretty tight. You know, that that was a well done scene, and then he stops him from shooting him from committing suicide. And then the revelation that Winter Soldier killed Tony Stark's parents, um you know, Captain America's like, listen, he's under mind control. And Tony Stark's like, I don't care. I don't care. He killed my mother. He doesn't. Yeah, I don't care. He killed my mother. So there you go. The de-aging of Robert Downey Jr. was fucking great. Yes, Arnold. Oh, how much money they God spent do this. Yeah. How much money they spent on that effect. But damn, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they, they it was good. This is the second time they've done that. They did it first with uh, Michael Douglas and Ant-Man. They did it again here. They just de-age everybody. Yep. De-age them till they croak. Um, now, how did you um, feel about the uh, Peggy Carter funeral scene? I mean, that is real. It, it served its purpose. Yeah. She sent... Peggy sent... I'm not gonna say. Let me let me say it a little more strongly. It served its purpose, and I thought it was very effective because she basically was sending him a message from beyond. Yeah, like stand up for your principles and do what's right. Yeah, when sharing, no matter the cost. Yeah, when you had the revelation that the girl who was living next door during the um, Winter Soldier was actually Sharon Carter. Was was her Peggy's great niece? So uh, yeah, what, what she's a secret oh, agent. Yeah, secret agent. So uh, they kept Cannon. So Sharon Carter is in the Marvel universe, and they did not shoot Captain America at the end, like in the comic. No, no, it's after. It's it's the next movie. Remember, 
Captain America dies after Civil War, so it's the next. Oh movie. yeah, yeah, you're right. It was after. it was when it was yeah. all coming to a close. And everybody was all happy, and the act was shot down and bang. Yeah. So Sharon Carter, after he hooks up with Sharon Carter, then he will die. So he's already hooked up with Sharon Carter. So so now he will die in the Infinity War. That way, Captain America will be replaced by Bucky. And Tony Stark can be the hero and save the day. That's how it works. Anything we left out? I thought the line about um, recruiting the Hulk. <laughs> and they were like, uh, what side do you think he's going to choose? And Tony Stark's like, oh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's gonna be like, um, yeah, he's gonna punch me in the face really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a guy that wants zero control over his life. Um, I, I mean, I would think Thor would go against it too, because he's such a free spirit, even though he's Asgardian royalty. So, and he's yeah. based. He's kind of an amalgamation of the Ultimates and the regular line universe anyways, so it's a pretty free-spirited individual. I would say Thor, even though he is authoritarian, since he's a god, Yeah, he would probably, and he rules Midgard, he's like, I would say... He would say go kick ass and don't worry about it. I mean, I, I I would say he would be a team cat. I think he would too. Um, nobody seemed to be arbitrarily on one side or the other either. Especially Captain America. Um, maybe not so much in the single film, but when you consider the character and his entire run and how he's this on-screen personification of American ideals or what's supposed to be American ideals. Yeah, you know that you have no doubt he's going to roll that way. So the one that had the best viewpoint was probably Black Widow when she was like, "Well, if you know, you got one hand on the wheel, one hand off." So she was still playing a fucking double agent, no matter what. Yeah, at least we can somewhat be in control, and then the minute that they take control, we can take it back. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. So it was only, it was like a third view, really. Yeah. It's so. like, yeah, we'll play by their rules for line now, but the minute they try to take control, we'll take it back. As long as they stay in line. Yeah. We'll stay in line. Which really seems like the simplest damn solution to the whole problem. <laughs> yes, yeah, so she was she was still saying she was like, probably the one that was right all along. Yeah, she was saying what they were not picking up, she was saying let's fuck them. <laughs> what she was saying. Yeah, yeah. You, you, everybody gets what they want. Yeah, they get the appearance of being in check. And as soon as something, you know, we can disobey orders. Yeah, yeah. So the, the minute they try to tell us to do something that we don't want to do, or they send us somewhere we don't want to go, we'll just say "fuck you." We ain't gonna do it. But Captain America stood on probably the foundational principle of. They're laying the groundwork for control and takeover. If we give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. So I'm a team cat guy in this situation by well, far. I was too. The government has 
no matter whether you're left or right minded, the government has way too much control over your life and it's all under threat of force period. You do it because you know, they will smack you down if you don't. Yeah. So there's your lesson you should take from civil war, which is something we should all be figuring out, but whatever. So everybody gets on the same page, not going to change. So if you haven't seen civil war, go see it. Well, yeah, if action. you haven't seen Civil War, you shouldn't have been listening to this fucking part of the show. If you're one of those spoiler junkies like Paul, then you might be listening to this show. Yeah. So. Yeah, if I would have had my hands on the script, I would have already read it. Yeah. But yeah, go see it. But I say that's. I think we covered everything. I think so. I'm trying. I'm, I'm not thinking of anything else offhand. Um. Spider-Man, Marissa Tomei, how'd you feel about seeing a, a young Aunt May? Well, relatively young. I mean, um, honestly, how many 80-year-old aunts have you seen in your life for a 15, 16-year-old kid? True. I'll give you that. I mean, that was... Come on, Stan. I think she was like a great aunt. Stan Lee's cameo. Tony Stank. How about that? Um, the paralyzation of War Machine. Um, the stark reaction when Falcon walked up to him was awesome. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Blam. Not even a word. Um, I don't know why he had to apologize for because he was the one who fucking did it. Vision is the one who did it. Yeah. He is the one who did it. Um, Man, Vision's combat. He was awesome. The uh, scene was well. I mean, it was good. Yeah. I, was, I, I say go a step further and just off him. <laughs> that was the one thing the movie was really missing. That they haven't offed anybody. You I gotta, thought someone was supposed to die. I think they filmed it that way. That they filmed, they did film a death scene just to try to throw people off. Well, I mean, it would add some weight for sure. I mean, I like I like Don Cheadle as Rhodey. I like the Rhodey character in this in the series. He's just a guy that likes some cool tech. He doesn't quite understand, but he likes to blow shit up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's all he's he's me if I was a successful Air Force Colonel. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not. So screw you, Don Cheadle. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty awesome because one thing that was pretty cool about it, and I guess it kind of makes up for the fact they didn't just off him was how many movies now have we seen Tony Stark or War Machine get disabled and the last minute that shit kicks back on and they're good to go? This time it didn't. No. Fucking back broke. So, yeah. I thought it was pretty effective. It shows that the armor is not always going to save the day. Nope. They really really took the wind out of the sails of the Avengers. In this one. Well, That's what Civil War is supposed to do, though. Yeah, the only person who can take down the Avengers is the Avengers. Like the guy was saying, you take them apart from the inside. The, uh... Yeah, he knew. He said he could not beat them in a fight, or I don't know how he phrased it, but yeah, he knew it had to be something like what he did. So Yeah, you have to take them apart from the inside. Yep. 
he was he was he was a much better Lex Luthor. It was all yeah yeah. <laughs> it was all because the uh, Avengers killed his kid as well. It was this is all because of collateral damage. Yep, his um, was it Sokovia as well. It was his father and his children and his uh, wife. Yeah, it was all. It was four of his family members, I believe. So, yep, Zakovia. And it was a nice change of pace to have a threat that wasn't super villain, super powered. You know what I mean? So I know I know Zemo in the comics at some point gets um, abilities, but. Yeah, I mean he was he was good, but I mean he's been kind of the thing I've seen people complaining about, and I'm just like, not everything has to be um, Thor. End of I the mean, world not, area. yeah, not everything has to be end of the world. This is a guy just trying to hurt the Avengers. That's the great thing about Civil War. It's not a movie about the end of the world. It's a freaking movie about a guy trying to hurt the Avengers, like Ant Man. Yeah, was, yeah, that's what made Ant Man good. It was a heist movie. This is a. How? Not psychological, but that's kind of what Captain America is. It's it's a political espionage thriller suspense. Yeah, espionage. It was it was yeah it was all that with superhero. Um, it's like they sat down and wrote a good movie in those genres I just listed, yeah. and then put the tights in rather than starting with the tights like Warner Brothers does. Well, that's like what I consider Winter Soldier is. It's not a superhero movie. It's an action movie. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Man, Winter Soldier, dude, he is so badass in these movies. Yeah. They took a guy that was just cool, and they took him to the next level for sure. Poor Bucky losing his arm. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder if, like, I'd like to see Bucky fight the Hulk. I mean, that's just how <laughs> awesome he is. Like, I'm thinking he'd be like, oh, this is going to suck, but I'm probably going to bloody his lip. <laughs> yeah, I think, I'm starting to think Bucky could whoop Captain America's ass. Yeah. Yeah, now that now the sequence with him and um, Iron Man fighting and Captain America, all three, that was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Makes you realize just how powerful that suit armor is, too. Because, I mean... Captain America and Bucky are like steamrollers versus pretty much everybody. Yeah. So. Yeah. And he has the um, the ability to analyze your fighting techniques. Yeah, the armor helps him yeah. deal with it. So, All right, let's close it out. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. If you haven't seen it, if you've seen it, you might want to go see it again. Yeah. And, uh, All right, that's it. Bye-bye.